Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato and as always, I'm here with my friend and co-host Anthony Gitch all the way over there. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, neither Anthony nor I nor our guest today are licensed medical professionals, psychologists or psychiatrists, so please do not make any changes or alterations to any medications or treatments you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like and leave the rest, and while you're leaving stuff, you can leave us a like, a love, a heart, a thumbs up, whatever you like, Um, share us around, drop us a message, get in touch, and over to you, Anthony. Hello. Hey, hey, Nicole. It's always good to see you. How are you today? Very good to see you too, my friend. How's it going? Good, 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 good. You know, today we've got someone um, that I have been following since I have been in the hypnosis uh, world. And uh, I, I, he's he's big in the industry. He's done a lot of things, a lot of important stuff. Um, Tom, and is it Tom Nicoli? It is Tom right. Nicoli, yes? Right, like cannoli. Okay. I always... I, I, right. always, I, I, always... I would have said Tom Nikolai. That's the Russian version. <laughs> I, I knew it was right. one or the other, but as always, when I see you, I, I kind of think, I don't know why, but I think of an Italian sort of, you know, um, Nicolai, you know, Nicolai. <laughs> right on. Ah, okay. Well, welcome to the show, sir. Um, well, thank you for the invitation. And well, thanks for thanks for accepting. It was it was uh, it was an honor to to see you this year at Hypnothoughts and to spend a little bit of time talking to you. Not much, but um, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. I wanted to talk about your journey in the profession um, because you've had an interesting one. Um, you've had an interesting life. You've done a lot of stuff. I mean, from dental implant work to a rock star to to uh you you know a hypnosis tragedies happening along the way and just having a really human freaking existence and and still trudging forward and i and i admire that well i i'll change one word i didn't have any tragedies happen at all i just had experiences okay well what what, okay let's yeah what some people would consider tragedies they were there were people who were more concerned about it and crying about it more than i did Right. <laughs> and I said, well, why? They say, I'm sorry. I said, you didn't do it. It's okay. <laughs> and I even did a class afterwards, um, the blessing behind tragedy. And it was, in, well, just so people know, it was about, I don't know, 10-ish years ago. I was uh, home recording some uh, stuff with somebody I just certified and found out that he sang. And I had a studio in my house. And I said, hey, last day. Now we can have a bottle of wine and we can record some music. Well, I uh, got too excited about the song we were about to record. I turned too quickly holding that glass of wine and I tripped and fell forward and it shattered and the stem went up through this left eye and almost hit my brain. Yeah, yeah. And so I tell people, I'll keep an eye out for you. Um, (laughs) And I said to him, and I didn't see the blood all over the bathroom and everything. And I said to him, look, let's just get in the car. And he was from New Jersey. We were in my house in New Hampshire at the time. And he had a brand new four-door Jaguar. And I got a towel on my face with blood everywhere. And I didn't see you know, realize it. And I said, I'll tell you where to drive. We'll get stitched up. And we'll come back and record that song. And he said, I don't think so. I go, why not? Little did I know it was way worse than I had uh, thought it was. So one thing led to another. I'm all of a sudden, outside it was January, freezing cold, and I'm being driven down to Boston to the Mass Eye and Air, Mass General Hospital. 
And one thing led to another. And finally, the doctor says, look, we got to operate and you're not going to see out of that eye. I said, okay. He said, because I really need you guys to leave me alone. It's getting too much now. It's hours and hours of this. So he said, look, um, you're going to be able to drive legally and people fly planes with one eye. And I said, this is great. And he said, well, why? I said, because I can't fly a plane now. <laughs> he said, you're going to be all right. That's how, that's how it all unfolded. So I have, I was in the hospital and at the time I had been divorced. My son was still living with me. Who was, you know, Jesse was just out of high school. And we don't know how people find love. We have no idea what was done, what was said. And all of a sudden I was getting calls from all over the world. And that was the first lesson. I learned how much my work is still um, recognized. I found out how generous people were. I found out how much love there is and how much consideration, though you just don't hear about it all the time. So I, I wrote a list of blessings and I put it online and me being me, the last line was in chicks like scars. And that's how I look at it. No pun intended. Right on. Well, you know, I mean, the, wow. there, there, there are other options, but you've chosen the one that is going to take you uh, to enjoyment. And, and I, I, I you know, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't matter what the situation is, right? Yeah. It's not what happens that, if you deal with it. It's not avoiding the rain. It's learning how to dance and all that stuff, right? Well, two and a half years later or a year and a half later, I woke up and I'm so dopey sometimes. I thought the right side of my face was puffing up. No, the left side was collapsing. The following day, it was just paralyzed. I couldn't lift my arm. Left side of my face was gone. It was worse than dealing with, with the eye accident, believe me. Wow. Oh, and that I reframed when I still, and I, I'll tell you, I listened to some of the, the um, webinars I recorded when I wasn't able to really speak well. And I go, dude, that's a little too confident. <laughs> He could have waited a little longer. But my friend's girlfriend, I'll have, uh, I used to have an annual birthday pool party at my place in New Hampshire. And my friend's girlfriend said, I don't believe you. And I said, here's what happened. I kept hearing how handsome I am. So I messed up my face for a while because I'm so considerate and I want everyone to feel good. I mean, what are you going to do? It is what no. it is. Now we can do with it. So I'm going to do everything that's good, everything that, that, allows me to walk my talk. Because I always say, if things happen to me, I, I'll, I know I'll do this, this, the other thing. Well, I got the chance to prove if I really walk my talk. Well, you I know, wow. explain the difference for, for our listeners, because Nicole is one who gets, who, who, who like me does not like toxic positivity. And, and this is a great time to explain the difference, I think, between All someone who's walking their talk and, 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 and toxic positivity. There's, Anthony, the difference to me is, and it's almost like the Tony Robbins, um, press them out, and they think you're always going to be up like this, and yeah. no, shit's going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes you're not going to feel so good. But instead of trying to avoid every experience and every emotion, thinking, I just got to be positive. No, you got to be real. Yeah. You got to process through these emotions. So everything we deal with is like the fog. You don't go under it. You don't go over it. You don't dance around it. You go through it. Sometimes you go through slowly. Sometimes you get through quickly. But that's what's waiting on the other side. It, there's no change here. And no matter who's the life and, and what difficulty. Like what I went through is nothing. There were people calling me who were going through way worse things than I was. So we all, I found out everyone has their stuff. We all get our storm or a few. Mm. And maybe you get more than a few because you just didn't go through the first one the way 
we're kind of supposed to go through, and that's processing, right? Mm-hmm. How do you know what you're capable of if things don't come your way? And that's excitement. That's even the Oprah effect on me, the Dateline NBC effect. All of a sudden, this avalanche of goodness came my way. Well, if I wasn't prepared, which I kind of almost wasn't, um, you, you can't handle it. And the same thing when something that we'll call it negative, an experience comes up that puts you in a situation you're not used to or haven't been in before. That's good. How else are you going to improve? How else are you going to grow? How else are you going to find out what you're made of? Yeah. Only until you test it. And I tell people, even a little tiny flower that's beautiful has to blow in the wind or it's not going to get right. strong. Right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't, I don't really refer to positive and negative experiences, but more comfortable and uncomfortable. Yeah. And because my life, I, I've earned a comfortable lifestyle as far as time and people and, and just everything. I mean, everything. I even tell myself, be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Put yourself in uncomfortable right. situations. Yeah. Well, you don't. Yeah. 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 You you don't when you when you stay in your own little comfort zone, as they say. I mean, that's complacency. That's, that's where that's where you 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 lose the luster for life. That's where you lose your your motivation and and all of the things that keep life interesting and colorful. Um, but isn't that the problem, Anthony? People like to do what's familiar, and mm-hmm. that's the right. Like the circle says, comfort zone. Out here says life. It's like, you know, the girl with the black eye. You know, what are you doing with her? It's familiar. She knows yeah. this model, this role. So she keeps playing it. She do, like I, I once dated a woman who I didn't realize that she had been treated so badly in her past relationships that when I was just being me, just decent, you know, go to dinner and bought her a scarf for her birthday, she couldn't handle the decency. Mm. She even articulated it. She's like, I am... So uncomfortable being treated like this. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, she's used to what what happens at the other end of this. What are what are the implications that come with a gift when you've been in those sorts of situations, right? And yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting, that kind of condition. Well, what happens is if people can't believe that they're worthy of receiving what they receive, be it love or decency or whatever, they'll sabotage it because it, it happens all the time. If if I don't love you enough and you're coming across a certain way, I'm gonna be like, you're full of shit. You, you can't believe that. I don't believe it. How could you? So everything starts here. And I love myself a lot, but I know I'm not for everybody. So I'm good with spending a lot of time alone, which I do, because I'm very selective with whom I share my space with. But if you don't dig yourself, you're the one that has to be distracted, always has to be doing something, has to be around somebody, has to be talking about something. Work from here out. This is what it's about, right? Yeah. So with, with that being said, what you just said, when COVID came along, my dad and I, and even my brother, the three of us, I remember being on a, on a, on a call together and we were like, this is going to be heaven. No one's going to be around. We get to spend time with just us. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I was still seeing my clients, but it was like this buffer that the yeah. rest of the, I don't have to, I love being alone. It, my house, it drives him absolutely nut jobby that I can, I can, without having any earphones on the phone around anything, uh, complete silence doing my thing. He's like, dude, how do you do that? It's like, there's no one here at the house. I'm like, I know, isn't it awesome? He's like, fucking drives me crazy. If you can't do that, you can't connect to that brilliance that's breathing you and creating new cells within you. Shut up and listen, sit quietly. You know, anonymous is the most prolific writer in history, right? And I once read something by Anonymous. 
the most important <laughs> thing man's forgotten to do is to sit quietly alone each day. Yeah. Right. Quietly. Yeah. You know, put your feet in the, in the earth. Listen to the wind going through the trees and all the sounds around you. Like reconnect and all the RE words, reconnect, revisit, reestablish, reunite. You know, it's already been done and then we got pulled away from it all. Even when I, I, I try to get my clients to do exercises where they do nothing, do yeah. no thing. And yeah. they're like, oh, I can sit and read a book for five minutes. No, that's doing something. Oh, I can sit and meditate. No, that's doing something. Can you just sit and be? I don't know what that means. It right. means it means, it means go to the park. Well, we're living we're living in a in a world that is so oversaturated with productivity and do and be and achieve and let's go and you have to be working or doing or meditating or you know doing a thousand things to to reach enlightenment or perfection or whatever it is and it's fucking overwhelming. Yeah. You know, like just stop. <laughs> you know, put it all down. Cut, cut the cable. Like before, it was cut the. Uh... You know, cut the cord. Now it's got the electric cable. Cut your speaker cable. Yeah. Man. Right. And the thing is, what looks like doing nothing is sometimes doing a lot. Mm -hmm. mm. It's like I, I teach my clients this, and I tell them, you know, when I heard this, I really didn't believe it at first. I had to do some research. That when you go to sleep, you think, I'm doing nothing. Because I have clients who are like, yeah, but man, I could be, you know, producing more. I could be doing this. I could be learning. I go, listen to me, you knucklehead. <laughs> When you go to bed, here's what happens. Melatonin is released to put your prefrontal cortex asleep, meaning your conscious ability to observe. So now that your conscious ability to observe is asleep, the rest of the brain is 30% more active. So even when you're sleeping, you're doing more than you do when you are awake. Because mm -hmm. that's when you're processing and healing, you're processing information, healing, and even downloading more information. So sometimes when we think we're doing nothing, we're doing a lot. Yeah. Well, mm. those moments that yeah. we take out for ourselves are probably the 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 most important things that we do. And, and Nicole and I, in the work that we do, we always teach our clients, you know, sleep is the most important task of the day. Um, you can be underprepared and 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 be fully rested, and you're going to be better than if you're fully prepared and underrested. Um, yeah. It's 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 the nature of of the human body and the way that the brain works. And 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 people who believe that I can get more done, like you just said, I, yeah, I don't call them knuckleheads. You're nicer than I am. Um, well, thanks, we'll talk. <laughs> We're all knuckleheads, and once we realize that, our arrogance calms down a little bit. You yeah, know, isn't that the truth? Well, like I said before we started, we're all basically knuckleheads with greatness within us. Uh, on the surface, we become knuckleheads because as kids, we're brilliant. We are attached. We're connected. We haven't been pulled away from it all yet by these adults who had time to get issues. And we're not, we don't know better to go, oh, you need some help. <laughs> you don't really believe that, do you? But we go, I won't. Okay. And then when we get older, we have to, again, peel away all the stuff that's on top of what we started with in order to get back to it and connect to it again. Now, I mean, that childlike wonder, that childlike curiosity, that childlike confidence. I can do that. No, you're going to kill yourself. Sure. I can do that. Yeah. Tell us kids are born with confidence. Confidence is stripped away from children yeah. as, as they move through life and, and, and have negative experiences. And, um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's funny because some of you are like, well, I'm just not as confident as you are. I could never because there's some of the folks even I meet at HypnoThoughts. I'm like, when are you going to present? This is like your fifth year. I've seen you here. You've got great stuff. Well, I just could never do that. I Are you not a human being on two legs just like me? Mm-hmm. Um why couldn't you do that? Um, you know, it's 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 interesting though how we can create these ideas. Well, I'm just not confident like you. I wasn't born that way. Well, sure you were. We all were. Every one of us were. Um, and and it's 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 interesting even to see that in our culture, in in the industry in which we work, where where there's still that kind of uh, limitations being placed on the people, you know. The majority of people that study psychology to become a therapist or something like that is because they're working through their own shit. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I made, I made the, mis- not the mistake. I had a perception once and I was speaking in uh, Vegas at a, the solid gold event and John Graydon was there and John Graydon's an NGH uh, certified guy, but he's also um, been on every single martial arts cover in the world, every magazine in the world. World. He used to be, uh, had clients like Tony Robbins and people like that, right? So I said, these hypnotists drive me nuts. When I coach them, I, I give them everything on a silver platter, and I, I just can't believe it. He says, you know what your problem is? And I went, what do you mean my problem? He goes, your problem is you don't understand that they're just people. Because the hypnotist doesn't matter. He goes, I have a $5,000 program to create your own dojo. He goes, and all the people I think would follow it who are in the martial arts world did people. You know, so that's what you got to keep remembering, no matter what organization, what profession, they're yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I and I learned that and we, we always learn that the hard way. I it, and it's 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 funny because I had a client one time when I was doing just conscious living coaching. Um uh, you know, I had a weekly little get together in, in in Portland and um this gal who was going to be coming to class that night and came often saw me be me uh, with this woman at, at, at a checkout stand at a grocery store. And she saw the, 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 the side of me that she didn't, she had never experienced. And that night in class, she was just looking very pissy. And I'm like, what's up? Well, I saw you today and I can't believe it. I'm like, Oh, so I fell off the pedestal that you put me on. Right. Welcome to Anthony being human, right? right? Um, I make no apologies for that. I didn't, you weren't part of that. I don't need, I don't owe you an apology. The person that I needed to apologize to, that's already been cleaned up, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but it's hard still when, when, when we have folks out there that we look up to and all of a sudden we recognize that they're human. It can be that's hard on people. That's why they never meet your idol. <laughs> What's that? That's why the saying, never meet your idol. Yeah, you're gonna find when I was in the '80s with a rock band and an album and all that, and I looked a lot different. I used to look like Robert Plant. (laughs) Um, Our manager for a little while had just managed Stevie Nicks, so he said, "Here's your number one rule: before we even talk about anything, you never get off the stage, go out into the crowd for any reason whatsoever. When you get off that stage, you leave the building because they're gonna realize." You're just another person. You're not that person they see on the stage. Yeah. It's a mistake that you create yeah. that or, or is created by the people viewing, right? And when you, yeah. I've met a lot of people who you know their names, and I'm like, all right. But some people have a little something. They have that charisma. They got that little spark, right? They got that little extra something. 
But most people, you know, like I said, we're just we're people who have what we call potential. As Zig Ziglar wrote on page one of his books, I am from the source of greatness, therefore I am great. The end. There well, how about go. therefore the greatness within me? Now I, I just like have that. So Tom, you've been you've been in hypnosis from what I can see for coming up to twenty five years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Right. But, how did what what kind of what brought you here? What you know what sparked your interest? How did you get how did you get here? <laughs> so the story goes like this: I've always known a side hustle is a good thing. Passive income is a wonderful thing. And this was in nineteen ninety seven ish or so. I got it's a three-ring binder with a plastic cover, and it was called Part-Time Riches. It's about marketing. And I was doing mail order stuff off my kitchen table, you know, just looking for a way, you know, always going deeper in credit card debt, not finding the way. <laughs> so the beginning of it, the very beginning, it said, Yeah, well, it didn't say you had to read it. Um, you haven't succeeded because you're reading this, but it's not because of lack of effort, because you're reading this. It's how you think. So it gave this mental exercise of going down 10 steps and was visualizing, you know, which is self-hypnosis to a point. And I was using it for exercise. And it really started to make a change. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? So I looked into it a little bit more. I found out it was actually hypnosis. So I've been on a stage my whole life, be it first grade, I was in my first play, second grade, another one. Then Play, being a musician, I started playing music at 10. At 12, I was playing out. At 15 or 14, I was playing in clubs with guys in their 20s and 30s. So I've, it, it's where I live. You know, it's very comfortable for me. And I thought, that stage hypnosis stuff looks pretty cool. Maybe I'll find out about that. So living in Everett, Mass., which is four miles north of Boston, I type in a search. And, and this is 1999 now because I've been using it for a while, right? And even when I was managing dental lab, doing implant uh, tology as a dental technician, I would have people just close their eyes and imagine. And everyone was calmer and production went up. It was cool. You know, bring them into the conference room and say, hey, just imagine this for a minute. And I was basically doing a guided group session without really realizing that was what I was doing. So I contacted this guy. He did right in the same city. And I went down and I, at the time I was still married. And I said, I'll be back in about 20 minutes. Now, remember. No cell phones. And I wasn't a drug dealer, so I didn't have a beeper. And there was nobody to get a hold of me if you left the house. You had to go use a payphone, right? So I came back two hours later, and she is almost freaking out. Where the hell have you been? What happened? I've been wondering. I go, I'm going to be a hypnotherapist. And she goes, what? I go, you'll see. So not jeopardizing anything. I was a working musician two to four nights a week, working in a dental lab 60 hours a week anyway. And then I started building my practice. So I was awake for like 20 hours a day for about a year while I was doing that. And and one day she's out in the back hall smoking because she had to go smoke out the back hall by the window in this apartment we're in. And she says, what are you doing? And I used to take my books and study and watch video cassettes of workshops and seminars that we recorded at conventions. And it just popped into my head. It was one of those inspired thoughts. I said, I'm going to build an empire. She goes, what? I said, I'm going to build an empire. She was at me and I said, I don't know. So we went from a five-room apartment to an 11-room house with three acres to pool. And I mean, it was nuts. She was, remember you said you were going to build an empire? Well, in comparison, right? I said, yeah. And now I'm looking to see what my next empire is going to be. Right on. So that's how I got into it. And then 
man, my, my career was so blessed that I realized in hindsight, it was truly law of attraction. I wasn't even really hip to them, but nothing, nothing that I go after or chase. Plus, if you chase stuff, it runs away. You learn how to attract it into your life. So Dateline came, Harvard Medical School came, Shape Magazine came, every magazine and TV show under the sun. It was just insane. That's, That's when I was exciting. working 105 one-hour sessions a week with clients. 15 a day, seven days. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That was my big mistake, not learning systems, not learning product development, not learning program development, not learning uh, having a staff. I just knew, I guess I go to work. So I just kept showing up. And then one thing led to another eventually, and I started to feel my way uh, into how to you know, run a business. But you yeah, were doing 15 one-hour sessions a day. day. Seven days a week. Because what happened was oh the big thing was going on in Boston, right? So there were all these people I was getting um, that were working midnight shifts. So they'd come in at 7 a.m. right after their shift. And some people, before going to work, they'd come in. Because I didn't know what to do, just stack them. And I had 80 people waiting to be called always. And I was booked three months solid. You couldn't get in for at least three months. Wow. I ran it all on my own. And I was in an eight foot by eight foot office, but it was actually a storage closet that I had been bankrupt through all that credit card debt just previously by trying to find a way to, you know, break through. And I thought, well, if I can hypnotize you in the front seat of a car, I can hypnotize you in this, this tidy little room. Dateline NBC filmed in that room. <laughs> it was nuts. It was so nuts. So I'm proof that almost anything can happen. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I was good. Then I ended up, I did do a couple of stage shows. You know how I did them? I rented four video cassettes from the NGH catalog. I watched uh, Jerry Valley actually at a Chinese restaurant. Some other guy, Donahue, at some high school. Scott McFall at an NGH conference doing the Friday night show and some other person. And I saw a theme and I went, all right, I'm going to do this. I just watched four video cassettes and I went out and did stage hypnosis. Right on. Crushed it. It was beautiful. But when God's on your side, the first gig was a high school gig at a church. So I was like, this was popcorn. They did blowovers, right? Next one was another high school gig. I'm like, oh, this is too good to be true. So I actually did that too. Very so hang good. on a second, a high school gig at a church. <laughs> and, and the church wasn't a little bit skeptical about the, the hypnosis bit. Ah, if you know how to speak about hypnosis, you realize that when you're praying, you're doing kind of the same thing. Your conscious right. self is not part of it. You're trusting in something other than you and right. requesting a desire. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's what prayer is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you're truly in faith, your prayer is without doubt. And that's what yeah. we need to do when we visualize. It has to be without doubt. Any doubt negates mm -hmm. whatever you're, um, you know, um, creating internally. Mm. And I lived yeah. at 16 Faith Road in New Hampshire for 16 years. I literally lived on faith. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I have challenged a few people who have come in and used religion as a more of a validation to not succeed through something. And I've been like, but wait a minute. You say how faithful you are. Where is the demonstration of that when you say that you're afraid? 
where right. where is that where you need to walk your talk right my, my my phrase anthony is you have to up your faith game up your faith game i like that <laughs> it's <Yeah>. lacking <laughs> yeah it's it's but it is interesting how, how when, when when you point that out to some folks they're like ooh, yeah it's you, either you believe or you don't yeah you know it's it's i'm not saying it's easy because you know it, it, it's it, it's pretty easy for a thought to come in and and get in the way of what you could totally convict a belief to but it's been written whatsoever ye believes and ye perceives ye achieves so belief and perception and that creates outcome yeah if the mind can perceive it the what can achieve body it, the body can achieve it yeah 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 um yeah, I but Edison that stuff out of the Bible, out of Mark 10. And I only know that because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not going to profess to be a biblical scholar. Now, you won the uh, Oren, uh, Oren McGill, I think is what it's called, award or something like that. Didn't yeah, it's you? Right That's my favorite award. I've, I've won a bunch of them. But my favorite award is the Oren McGill chair because... All the people attending the convention vote on the best presenter. Then the next year, after they get all those you know ballots in, then they uh, are able to the following year present it. So I think that's the best one. Right on. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, and and that you know, I mean, you know, you know everybody. Then you know everybody who's been on the show. You know Karen Han Harper. You know, yeah. you know all the old school folks. Um, I've been around a little bit now. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, what is, are you still a board member of the NGH? Yeah, a board certified member. I'm on the advisory board. and Well, on the advisory board. So what's happening with the organization? Where is it growing into? What's I have no like, idea. I have right. no idea. Even though I'm, I'm <laughs> part of all that, I'm not part of like the working mechanism of it okay. all. Okay. Um, to me, it's, well, uh, Will and I were talking about, Will Horton and I were talking about how Will and Jerry used to be on the West Coast with Gil Boyne, and then they had come over to the East Coast of the NGH. And I just think there's, there's like another energetic shift going on here, you know? And this happens all the time where there's an ebb and a flow, and if something new comes along, it gets attention, like, where's MySpace? Facebook came along, and everyone left MySpace and went to Facebook. Right. So people were always going to do that, and then – with more options, they have more of a chance to find their home, whatever that may be. Right. I don't pay much attention to how everything goes because I don't have a very limited view of what's happening. It's I have a universal view of, well, this is how it's supposed to happen for whatever reason or reasons far beyond my conscious understanding or, or uh, comprehension or understanding. This is how it's unfolded. Well, yeah, and that, but that organization has been, I think, really impactful for all of us in in this country as far as allowing us to be able to do a lot of what it is that we do in a lot of these states. It's 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 an important organization, and and I and I and I think that there is some, um, you know, there's honor in that. There's there's they it's got the tradition, and and you know we need. I think that I personally respect that. Um, about That's good. Well, people who are aware, they realize that the NGH being around since 1958 and being steady and consistent and all the firsts that they were involved in, if it wasn't for what they've done, other organizations wouldn't have been able to unfold. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, without one, you don't get the others, you know? Right. And yeah. that's cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 made. It's obviously it's going to be there, um, and that's what I mean. It's just going to be interesting to see how it develops because, like a lot of like a lot of things, even in my generation, I was born in '69. I'm a Gen Xer, and I look at what's going on these days, and I'm like, you know, what the hell are these people doing? And so everything is changing, right? And it's going to be interesting to see how these things develop. What's that? I said to Nicola, you become the old guy that yells, get off my grass. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what's cool. And I see it in both coasts and uh, the two conferences that I attend, HypnoThoughts and NGH. There's a, a lot more young blood coming. Mm. You know, I got sick and tired of seeing nothing but, well, it's my second, third career or whatever. But it's cool to see people coming in that, can add a little juice to it all, you know, mm-hmm. and, a, and a different little perspective and slant to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we've had we've had some really great people come on the show, people from all stages of their career, just starting out, people that have been in the industry for a long time, people that, you know, this was their first career and, and, and continues to be that way, which is which is rare. You know, we've only had a couple of people in, you know, that like, no, no, I got into this as a teenager, as a kid, whatever. And, and this was, this was where, this was my direction. Um, but it, it's great to hear from people that have just graduated to starting their business, you know, been in the business for a year, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. It's, it's, it's really interesting to hear people's different approaches mm-hmm. as, as they, as they start to work in this way. You know, we all can't see it in different perspectives. Maybe we can change our perspective a little bit, only to a point. It's like KRS-One, knowledge reign, remains supreme, the old uh, old school hip hop rapper. He said to a young girl, if old people aren't listening to young people, then they're missing out on what's coming or even what is. So, you know, I remember <laughs> we were very traditional in my family, my uh, ex now, my wife and my son. Uh, you know, Played traditional roles, dinner at a certain time. We all sat together. And this is when we would talk a bunch. And I'd teach Jesse different language, you know, phrases and stuff. And he was probably, she, three, four, and five when I was doing this stuff. We've always, like, really downloaded a lot and see what he'll grab. So once he, I thought he finished talking. So I started talking, and I got this look. And I went, what? She said, maybe he's not done. I go, well, it sure seemed it. She said, maybe he's not. So she taught me to pause and wait. And then I did that maybe the next night or a couple of nights later. And I wait and I wait and I hear, and you know what else, Dad? And she just looked at me. So I used to just let him talk and talk. And sometimes I'd go, where the hell did that come from? Huh. When I got off the road after touring with the album, I gave guitar lessons. And there was a kid playing for like six months. And I could rip up a guitar. But only to a certain point, because if I say so, God will send a 12-year-old to blow my doors off. But this kid played something, and I went, what was that? And he goes, oh, I was just playing my room. And I said, I'm going to cop that, all right? He went, you? I go, yeah. Yeah, me. I said, I, I wouldn't come up with that. So we all learn from everybody, man, if we just shut up and listen sometimes. And even if you don't, you can process it in your head go, oh, my God, was that stupid. And just walk away saying thank you. But at least give everyone a chance, man. You know, it's yep. funny that you're saying that. I yesterday I was at a at a festival uh, with a booth, 
And there was a young musician uh, talking to me about he's having these creative blocks and this and that. And, and I, and I, and I'm, and, and, and he always is trying to do this perfection thing. I'm like, well, if you just relax and yeah. allow the creativity yeah. to just flow through you rather than trying to direct it, you're going to yeah. have more fun. He says, but I got to get this done. I'm like, you're looking for an end result instead of just having the experience. And, and the creativity is in the experience. Well, the creativity doesn't flow unless you use the proper word allow. It's like a garden hose. The more you squeeze it, the less it flows. Yep. Yeah. So it's Just interesting it that you flow. brought that up. Let it flow. Yeah. <laughs> Trust. Trust. Faith. Yeah. So now what kind of – in the work that you do – um, wow. When you're working with clients, are you tell us a little bit about the kind of are, are you traditional in your techniques as far as um, do you are you, do you, do you practice uh, past life regression? Do you past life therapy work? What kind of have, what, what 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 kind of stuff do you do? I don't have one avenue that I ride down. Um, let's say a traditional approach. Uh, basically, right, foundation of a, a traditional approach of what hypnosis is, but including a bunch of varieties, because traditionally would be direct suggestion hypnosis, right? Right. All right. But fortunately, my nature is one of a schmoozer. I, I have never really felt tension or butterflies on stage at any age. I love it. You, you give me a microphone and a guitar or just a microphone and some people, and I'm there, man. I'm there. <laughs> I know that that is something that definitely assists me. Um, but I, I love imp increasing my ability to be a master of language patterns and such and how to weave words and use words. And people are like, how do you come up with that? Because I allow it to come. I allow it to flow. And even I ask sometimes, the hell am I going to tell this one? And stuff just comes, right? Ask and you receive. So I love all of that. And that would be a lot of Ericksonian stuff of all this really woven language pattern kind of stuff. But then, you know, uh, past life I got into, and I was interested in after I read Brian Weiss's Many Lives, Many Masters, but there's a story behind that too. Um, and people would just slip into them. So I had to honor them. And it was just pretty cool and amazing. And then sometimes I would, you know, uh, prod that to happen. So... And faster EFT, I like a lot. EFT is, is cool, but to me, it's a longer process unnecessary. In order to get some results, uh, Robert Smith's faster EFT is really cool. I've used that to collapse anxiety with tons of people. And um, havening. So it's whatever is available that I, you know, trial and error, use it and see if it works great. Other things people have said, I'm like, yeah, I tried it, it didn't really work so well. So I don't, I don't even go there. Yeah. So I'm open to almost anything except for fairy dust, but maybe that would work too. Ah, well. ah, ah, <laughs> depends, on who you, depends on who's sitting in front of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really like havening. I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I really like it. I've, I've watched Paul McKenna talk about I know it's not his thing, but um, he's become quite a big, well, big uh, advocate for it. Uh, who's a hypnotist, and she knew the medical doctor who created havening, who's from New York. Mm. When I first saw that, it was a video of him doing a class in Rome, and I wanted to get on a plane right then and just go, even though it was a recording. And I thought, this looks too cool not to try. So mm. I have, and uh, it's been cool. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I mean, I'm open, man. You know, once I 
I, I, I don't think I can get to a point where I say, no, nah, I don't think that, sh- that will work. How do I know? Right. How do I know? I think once we stop, once we turn off that ability or that desire to bring more on, that's when we're, that's when we're done. Yeah. I I think that's literally the day that I know that that'll be the day that I'm done. The day that my curiosity spark goes away. I just cannot imagine that happening. Yeah. If, If you stand with your hand on your hip, like a teapot and it works, I'm doing it. Right. I'm doing it. That's a very but certain there's, there's, street there's, corner. Um. <laughs> there's a lot to be said for, for okay, so when, when we're learning, right, we're learning technique, we're, we're gaining knowledge, we're gaining skills and things like that. But it's a bit, you know, it's, it's the kind of conscious, subconscious passes into the subconscious and then it becomes a process that we've internalized. And I think you get to a stage where if you, if you try too hard, you disconnect with the client, right? You're kind of focused too Absolutely. much on technique or words, you know, kind of particular words or whatnot. And, you know, the best thing you can do is to literally just be fully connected to your client and just allow, you know, the knowledge, skills and experience that you've acquired to just come through you, right? And and mm-hmm. that's the best work you're ever going to do. Yeah. Well, that's when you trust in your own abilities. And when we try, that means we're consciously saying, I have to know better. I know better. I, 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 that's your ego. And as mm-hmm. many people said, you know, edge God out. There's a natural brilliance within us that when we learn to connect to it uh, or, or interact with it, because we're connected to it, it's breathing us. It's creating new cells. I mean, come on. It's, it's stretching bones so you can grow as a physical being. People overlook miraculous, you know, happenings that are constant. So when you allow yourself, again, back to that word I use a lot, and trust, it's amazing how it will go. And that's when people say, you freaked me out. I was already there and you started describing it. Like, yeah, I know it's yeah. going from the same source, you know? Yeah. Milton yeah, Eric, I love those you must be in trance with your clients. Or you're not on the same page, right? You're, you're disconnected. Yeah. At least so I believe. Yeah, yeah. All right. But it's working. It's yeah. working. <laughs> you know, and that's I, I think that I think that that is something that a, a lot of folks and I and I try to get across to all the people that I, I teach um, when I'm teaching even the control system is that I, I like to learn all sorts of techniques yeah. because there there's value in everything. It's whether or not you in can can internalize that value and it means something it sparks something in you that says i can make magic from this um because that's going to be different for every single person right mm-hmm. i mean it, you can have the crappiest technique in the world and if you know how to connect with someone you're going to make the change and 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 be the have the the the, the best technique in the world and and be a jerk and you're not going to make any difference to anybody right you've got to have that spark that ability to take whatever it is you're learning and and create that magic in people right well also the additional techniques allow you to have more resources to pull from because not one technique for everything mm. you know what i mean right. you might be great at a couple of techniques but you got to find people that they're not really proper for they're not appropriate for so having ability uh, extra abilities with different techniques and approaches and styles which scott giles used to say he goes look this is one form of training there's many styles go learn them right right yeah yeah you get a lot of trainers 
I'm not going to mention any names these days that are like, you know, this is it. This is the one thing. This is the system. There is no other, you know, this is the one that's, <laughs> that's going to, you know, knock them all down. And you're just like, mm, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Another difference in what you said, Nicole, when they say this is the number one thing. No, this is one of the things. Right. Exactly. This is one of, not exactly. the one. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and it's yeah. it, it's it's those same trainers that claim that you know you're going to make ten thousand dollars a day by doing this system. Yeah. No. Once they learn right. how to make it their own system, and right. and 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 you know, again, it has to be something that burns within you that it, it, that resonates with it, and and that you can run with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I. I know. I know it's it's marketing. At the end of the day, it comes down to marketing, right? They're convincing an audience that this is the thing, this is the one thing, blah 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 blah. But I I personally find that that narrative really off-putting. This is it. This is the only one. There is no other. No, and you know the better way to to put that message out to them. This may be the one thing you haven't found yet. Maybe this may be the one thing you haven't found yet, but you won't know unless you try. Right. Instead right. of no, this is the one. How do you know that? You don't know that until you start working with a person or they start using whatever it is you're offering. Yeah. But this may yeah. be the thing that you've been looking for. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. It's, it's more honest, right? certainly is more honest. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I'm instantly turned off as soon as I get someone who's like, oh my God, this is going to change your life for sure today. I'm like, ooh, probably not. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I love it when yeah. I tell people, you know what? I'm not the guy for you. And they go, what are you kidding me? I was referred to. I research you. I've been following you. I, I've seen you for years. I, thank you. But <laughs> I really don't think I'm the right guy for you. And I would really feel bad if I got in the way of who you should be you know, working with. And it's only because I just get a feeling. And I let my feelings guide me, which is the internal GPS. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, it, and I don't know why. It's just like, I, I just know, though. And how I learned that was I was certified one-on-one -on -one reading page by page out of this the three ring uh, binder at the time, not even a, a process workbook. And I never hypnotized anyone or got hypnotized. And a month later, I opened my first office. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Al said, you're going to know something. And I went, yeah, stop right there, Al. What? He goes, don't fuck with me. What do you mean I'm going to know? What are you going to know? I go, we could do this all day. So he gets out of his chair. It comes at me with his fist. And I was like, really? He goes, why, why didn't you even flinch? I said, Al, I knew you weren't going to hit me. He goes, really? How'd you know? He said, it's like that. You just know. You just know. Don't talk to that person. You just know. Don't go over there. You just yeah. know. Man, this, this person's okay. So I ask and receive. Mm, I'm talking, I feel, and, and I'm like, no, I, for whatever reason that I don't even know of yet. And I don't want to find out why. This isn't good. This isn't good. So sometimes saying no is the best thing you want to do. And anytime I've not followed that, I've regretted it. Mm. And what, and I laugh at myself. Like I remember once I was in the pool, then I went in the house and shot pool. And then I went to my studio and played my guitars. And finally I needed to be around people. And I just got this feeling like, eh, and that right there is no. Uh, but I want to go out, mm, ego. So I went out and I sat at, at this, this beautiful place in New Hampshire. I used to go to regularly for like an hour and a half alone. And out loud, even mumbling, I said to myself, you knew. 
you silly bastard, you knew. I knew I should have stayed home, but I had I wanted to go out. <laughs> so I listen. When I get that feeling, I just follow it, man, and it always works out. Mm. Yeah, that's been the biggest. We when we ask people on this show, you know, what's what's the biggest kind of what's a mistake that you've made, the biggest learning that you've taken away? I think ninety percent of our guests probably have said taking on the wrong client when they knew that they shouldn't have taken on that. And when you know you don't have enough faith, you got to up your faith game because you didn't follow and trust in it. Yep. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I that, you, um, that. I mentioned that earlier too. My biggest mistake, but I didn't know because you don't know what you don't know. And I'll lead into this with when I had a webmaster and then he became my internet partner where, um, when we had CDs, I had a CD website, and that website did 400000 a year. But before that, I had a cassette tape for 1995 when I was on Dateline, right? I didn't know to have the whole book of uh, cassette tapes and, and have upsells and different audio programs. Didn't know. I just knew if I worked, I got paid. I didn't know about program development. And uh, there were people who would have done six-month programs with me. I had a three-session program. Some people did five or six or seven of them, but that's all I had to offer. So uh, Keith had said to me, look, I took the average of where you are and where you were with your session work and also the audio programs. In 2004 alone, you would have made another $470,000 if you just went to the average. Like, thanks for that. Don't ever tell me again. So what I learned was because I didn't have a mentor or a coach, I didn't have anyone who knew things I didn't know, who had done things I hadn't done. I left a lot of people without help because it was just me and I could have had a staff and we could have been helping a lot more people. And that leads to you creating more profit. And because, and, and I do classes on this now, why every hypnotist needs a hypnotist and every coach needs a coach. And guess what? My least attended class because everyone's ego is up their ass. They think, no, I'm fine. I know better. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I still have a, a coach. And I'm 24 years in, and, and my, my career has been quite successful and quite blessed. I still have someone that says to me sometimes, seriously, you really think that? Well, you know, it's working, even having someone to collaborate with to to bounce ideas off of i mean that's how this that's how this podcast came into existence was nicole and i spending four hours every single monday with each other building each other's businesses and and how are we going to do marketing and what are we going to do to do this and how are we going to do this and and you know it developed into something totally off track from where we were going um but we had a great time you know this is our third season so you know it turned into something great for us you know, but Anthony, you both had to be willing to put your egos aside, be open to listen also, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people, they feel like they're being told they're wrong. No, you're saying there might be a better way. Maybe, yeah, what you're doing is wrong based on the, this information. I don't care how wrong I am. David Bullock, who did 71 million in three years, and he wrote the book Obama 2.0, and that blew you know his name up into the marketing world. We were in a nine-person, you know, very exclusive uh, weekend down in Orlando with him and what was Jerry's last name? I forget. Great, great marketing team. So 
my tech guy went all day and I just stayed at the pool and drank cocktails. So then I get a call. Uh, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, we're going to dinner with the guys. Okay. So David says to me, look, Monday, we're going to go over your website. We wrote 24 pages and we spanked you really good, you know. I said, what do you think? You're threatening me? I will stand right here on this table in this restaurant. You can spank me here if it's going to make me better. Yeah. If you can't do that, you're done. You're done. Yep. You got to be able to, you got to be able to have people tell you what isn't working. Yeah. I want to know as soon as possible, by the way. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I want, I want to know if someone's like, oh, you know, dude, I don't know if I should tell you this, but if I've got it, because I'm dyslexic, dyslexic as hell. So there are times that there's like mess ups on 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 an ad I'll be doing. Like there was one time I printed all these flyers for um for an evening of guided mediation, um, you know, <laughs> and the freaking printer printed it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on now. Why? Well, I, I didn't, I thought that's what you must want. I'm like, I'm a hypnotist. What would I be doing mediation for? I'm like, come on now. You know, it's, it's, I would rather someone catch me on that. I'm not embarrassed. I mean, come on. Um, what else I should tell you? Shame on you if you don't tell me. Right. Um, <laughs> oh my God. That, was an, that was an expensive little printing. Jeez. <laughs> It's something else. Uh, anyway. Everything is simple, but nobody makes it simple because then they're going to see the truth and they're going to do something. If you do something or you don't, it is or it isn't. Yeah, but no, yeah, buts. No, yeah, buts. It's not difficult, but no one wants to put in the effort. Well, everybody even- thinks that their story is something that is, is, is so different from everybody else's. And it's like, no, it's all the same. The names and the faces change, but it's all kind of the same similar story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all have our challenges, and some are more difficult than others for sure. Um, but, you know, when people ask me, well, with everything you've done, what do you think life's all about? Experiences. Mm-hmm. And end of it, experiences. Mm-hmm. Not good, bad, positive, negative, up, down, experiences. To come here and experience what we experience as a physical human, you know, being. As a matter of fact, I was told once by an intuitive, I'm way too spiritual. She goes, and I know you're not going to believe I'm saying this. She goes, but you're really way too spiritual. She goes, you don't sleep well either, huh? Like, nope. She goes, it's because you're constantly downloading. You're constantly wanting more. She had me literally go put my feet in the earth. She goes, I need to dig a hole, put your feet in the sand. You need to get grounded. And then I read the book on earthing and grounding and how real that is electromagnetically and all that. So I am sure to be physical though. I'm pretty far out here, man, but to literally put my feet in the grass and walk in it and, you know, be outside, breathe real air and just feel the breeze. And like, you know, you get wind baths too, you know, let the wind blow on you, you know, be, be in the rain. You know, just really experience as much as you can in this physical form and then process whatever you experience in order to self-improve and grow. One of my favorite sayings is from a movie and it's life's a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. And, and you know, I'm one of those folks that I'm going to sample everything. You know, yeah, Carolyn Mace does this thing, sacred contracts. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's it's the idea that we are all from one source and that we have come to this 
the earth playground to experience that which we have created, yeah. right? And that there oh. are no negatives or positives or only experiences. And when we come in, whatever it is that that experience is that we're having, we're sharing with somebody else, that's our contract with them. You know? Absolutely. And, and there's something to be taken from that, right? And are you willing to look at what it is that can be taken or are you just going to be shut off from the experience? And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, um, I, I think it, for me, that makes life a little bit more enjoyable, um, a little bit more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I like the word contract. Steve Rother talks about this. And if you don't know Steve Rother, you should check him out. I talked to him for like a couple of hours when I turned 50. And he said, your first 50 years are to get you ready for the next 50. He says, and now here my friends, in your world, you're known, but you're going to be known on the world stage. I'm still waiting for that one. <laughs> but in one of his books, um, and he was a general contractor, and his wife dragged him to a weekend, you know, workshop thing. When he throws his torch into the bonfire early morning on the last day, and what you're going to do now, he yells out, light worker. He didn't know why he said it. Nobody knew why he said it. He's like, I don't get it either. There are light workers all over the world now. And he's channeled energies at the UN in Vienna and Austria five times. They had him back four more times after the first one. Wow. So the guys get something going on. But when he talked about contracts, it helped me a lot when there's a breakup or uh, you're leaving a place or you're not at that job anymore. It's like, oh, the contract's ending. Yeah. And it allowed me to graciously exit or graciously enter something new. And even as personal spouse in the hallway, that's a bump contract. It's yeah. all contracted before we got here. And I'm like, I did that um, theory, philosophy, whatever. And I follow it. And I've said to a few women, remember the contract? Yeah. Are you breaking up with me? Go, no, the universe is. Yeah. It's time for me to slip into the shadows. All the signs are there. It's getting too, too difficult. It's getting schedules are too glitchy. These are what we call signs or indicators. And if we don't pay attention to them, it just gets real messy. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to be really mature to do this stuff. Man. Well, and yeah. you got to be open yeah. to, you got to be open to all the different possibilities. And mm. on that fine note. I know, huh? I think that we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you have to ask, Nicole? I've got to say, I, I think that we could go yeah. on for, for quite some time. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, Tom, it's been really, really fascinating talking to you, getting to know you a little bit, scratching the surface, but I really, really enjoy the way that you express yourself and really resonate with it. So, well, yeah, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we broke the ice. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I finally had the opportunity to meet you this year. And, and, and uh, so thank you. And thank you for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. Like I told you, your presentation came across so good and your energy was so cool doing it that I had to just acknowledge it. And I don't know who still knows who I am or follows me still or heard of me before. I'm at that point now. I'm like, yeah, that wave might have crashed. Uh-huh. But when you were like, oh, my God, if, you, if I knew you were here, like, good thing you didn't. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it, it, I enjoy, it is what I when I recognize someone who I hold in some authority, um, yeah. you know, it, it does, it kicks me, it kicks me up a little bit and says, all right, we, we've got to make sure that we deliver some goods today. Um, yeah. not that that's always my intent, not my intention anyway. Um, right. but you know how it is. Um, I, anyway. I, well, I appreciate you. 
Thank you so much just for me having this fun time chatting with you. Right on. Well, thank yeah. you. Likewise. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.